This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Thank you. Thank you, Sound Booth. New creation. This is the third week in our series. I want to talk to you briefly about the two sides of the new creation. The third week in our series, the two sides of the new creation. I just want to do a shout out for Joel Boutain and Jerry Witt. They did six weeks of cooking and helping and just leading with the men's. Can we give them an applause and a shout out? Thank you. Thank you. It's not easy, just even your day of rest, getting up real early and, and doing that. And thank you, Joel, for all that you've done and serving the men and, and jeering. Um, our text, 2 Corinthians 5.17, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Uh, we've been using this the last few weeks. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. And I just want to step back here for a moment. Why is this important to you? Because if it's, it has no bearing, you just read that and say, well, that's cute, that's nice. How does this affect me today in my life moving forward? And I began to think about that this week and to pose this question, and this is what I wrote down. You will never rise above your current issues, your current troubles, your current weaknesses, until you recognize and believe, watch this, that Jesus actually has taken up residence in your life as a Christian. We're going to talk about that, what the new creation is all about. Last week, we talked about messy places, and we said this, that the good news is that the messy places of our life, and we all have them, it can't stop your destiny if you don't let it, if you don't let it. <clears throat> and we said this, that our architect and builder is the most high God, and God designed, designed a specific plan for each and every one of us. I believe that. God knows when we're under construction and he knows that we have messy places. He knows that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to mess up. Can you say amen? And he knows that we have things to overcome, but it's not going to keep you if you don't let it becoming the masterpiece that he's called us all. It's only temporary setbacks. You're under construction. Amen. So back to our text, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 uh, therefore, if anyone is a Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Another translation says, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten, and everything is new. Everything is new. Now, I have a text here in Matthew 9. hope you're able to see that. I know it's a lot put up there. The, I want to talk to you about the newness of the new creation. And I was going to read this text. Jesus speaks. He said, but no one puts a piece of unshrunk new cloth on an old garment. For the patch pulls away from the garment, 
and the tea, in, in a worse, worse tea results. Nor is new wine, here we're going to talk about, new wine put into old wineskins that have lost their elasticity. Otherwise, the wineskins burst and the fermenting wine spills and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine, somebody show new wine, is put into a fresh wineskin so that both are preserved. Father, we just humble ourselves before you. We just thank you for your word going forth. And I ask that you speak through me and give to your people what they need here today. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Amen. One Bible commentary says this about this verse. The explanation of the New Testament passage is that the new wine still liable to continue fermenting to a small extent, at least, was put into new, still expandable skins a condition that had ceased in the older ones. The purpose was to have a vessel that would be able to expand and contract to give out and receive the new wine. Now, just a little background, a visual for you on a wineskin, what they were like, and uh, usually they used the skins of goats or, or sheep, and some of them actually uh, were from an ox or a camel, and something today we just think, oh. I don't know about you, you know, when we took a number of trips, and maybe you do this in the family, I don't know, I don't, but my bottle is my bottle. <laughs> okay, thank you. Some of you just knew exactly what I was talking about. When we take trips to Ukraine, God bless them, and there would be a bus full of 50 or 60 of these missionaries going, and someone would go, who wants water? And that bottle was passed around by the time it got to me. No, thank you. <laughs> and so, so, Wine skins, you know, they were put in, uh, wine was put into these bags and it was for a purpose. It says, new wine was always put into a new bag so the bag would stretch as the wine continued to ferment. And then the bag would harden once you get this. An old bag would burst if new wine was put in it. So we get that. Now, the Bible says, the interesting verse in Psalms 119, the largest uh, Psalm, verse 83, it says, though... I am like a wineskin in the smoke. I do not forget your decrees. What is a wineskin in the smoke? And I begin to dig into that. It's like, what is that? Well, the author of Psalms 119, it's not exactly known, but they believe it's either David, Ezra, possibly Daniel. But, but regardless, that, that he, he, he writes about this and he says, I feel like I'm a wineskin in the smoke, but I don't forget your decrees. How's that apply to us today? Two thoughts on this. Number one, wineskins were smoked to harden and toughen them up. For some reason, they, they would do that. And But it goes on to say in this verse, yet I do not forget thy statutes. And so the writer is declaring, watch this, that the severity of the discipline or the difficulty or the test of the trial does not alienate me from you, O Lord, or cause me to depart from your law. How many see that? Say Amen what he's trying to say there. In other words, I look at it this way, Lord, I'm not offended at you, God. Follow with me. I'm not offended at you because you didn't do exactly what I've asked you to do when I prayed about that situation. Wineskin in the smoke. I'm in the fire. I'm in the furnace. I, there's this smell. Lord, I'm not going to throw in the towel because of all the betrayal and the hurtful things. The people in the past have said that they love me. Now they've turned on me. Amen or oh me. Huh? No, no, I'm not backsliding, Lord. Yes, I'm hurt. Yes, I need your healing touch. 
but I'm not going to draw back from you, God. The Bible calls that as a, a drawback spirit, amen? That's not what we're called to. Even though, the psalmist is saying, he said, even though I'm like a wineskin in the smoke, I'm sticking close to you, God. Somebody say amen. It's a picture there. I thought about that. And the second point I would say, you know, it says this, though, about wine was never left, this was new to me, for any length of time in the skin on account of it imparting a disagreeable flavor to the contents. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So they would use it, it would go through the process, but they would take it out. Otherwise it would stink. It'd be this smell. You know, I thought about that. I said, you know what? How many know that we begin to stink when we only take into our vessels and we don't give out? Amen. Hmm? Think about that. No serving, no helping, no giving, no contributing. Are you glad you came to church today on Mother's Day? Amen. We begin to stay. God likens us as wineskins. Okay, and new wine being poured in our vessel. I'll get to that in a moment. No contributing to God's purpose. You know, in 1988, I had the privilege to go to Israel, and uh, we went down to uh, uh, Qumran and, and south there and saw the, where the caves were and the Dead Sea Scrolls was fascinating, and then we went to the Dead Sea. And it's a metropolis now, but then it was bi being built up, and there's all these healing properties with the, you know, some of the solution in the water, and, but it's 25% salt. You don't want to open your eyes there in the Dead Sea. So you just go out there and you just float, just float. But the reason, though, it's the Dead Sea, watch this, is all rivers and tributaries flow into it and nothing comes out. It's dead. It's dead. So I think about that, that disagreeable flavor. <clears throat> now, there are two, si two, excuse me, two sides to the new creation, two sides to the new creation, human and divine. Say let me, say human and divine. I'm going to just take a few moments here as we wind down on this, talking about that. In other words, there's the vessel, and then there's that which is put into the vessel. And I want you to think of yourselves as the vessel, all right? And then there's that which is put in. Now, it takes both of these to constitute what is called the new creation. So in other words, there's the human side, and there's the divine side. So stay with me. But newness applies when it talks about I'm a new creation to both, it's talking about it to both, both sides. <clears throat> the newness is not the same newness. Now, there are two main words which are translated into our English word for new. Two words. The first one is new, is in fresh or freshness. And the new means recent, not there before, totally new. Okay? We're talking about the new creation, the new creation. So the first word is the Greek word we get, kenosis. It actually means something which is fresh, um, not necessarily just originated, but it actually means bearing the mark of freshness, uh, new, new in quality. So some of you in your home, say, I'll illustrate it, have an air exchanger. Isn't that right? Where it takes outside air in the summer and, you know, brings it in, mixes it with your furnace and takes it through. And then in the winter, when things are really, really dry, it tries to take that outside air. And how, how many know what I'm talking about here? There's this little house thing there and air exchanges. But here's the thing. There's a filter in there. I don't know if you all knew that. You have to clean that filter periodically. And, and, and so that's what it means when we get the picture of like freshness. You're not getting a new filter. It's a washable, cleanable thing. Let me see that same M. All right? That's what it means by freshness. Uh, air conditioners getting, oh, thank God, finally the time. <laughs> we'll be able to turn air conditioners on here in Minnesota. Amen? But, but how many know behind your little vent, there's a filter? 
if you knew that. And, and uh, you have to clean that and clean those fins periodically. And that's, 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 the, that's the first word when it means kenosis. The second word is neos, and it applies more strictly, watch this, something which is quite recent, which is, was not necessarily there before. It is not new in the sense that it just come in. It is not something revived, in a sense, clean, but something totally new. Somebody shout totally new. Totally new. Recently born, young, youthful, new on the scene, new in time. Now, it's interesting that to notice that the Holy Spirit uses the two words in connection with the two sides of the new creation. In Matthew 9, the verse we just read, you have both words used. As to the wineskin, the King James, I think, actually says bottles, the word used is which implies freshness, the first word we talked about, kenos. It's that Greek word, freshness, taking that filter out, washing it, cleaning it, making it new. But when Jesus speaks of new wine, he uses the other word, something which is quite new, quite recent. It's the second Greek word, neos. In other words, what's new in the new creation is something new on the scene, new in time, recently born. How many still with me say amen? I'm going to bring this all together in a moment. 2 Corinthians 5, it is stated that if any man, any woman is in Christ, there is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, one translation I read before, and I preached this at the Salvation Armory when we went there a number of years ago and, and brought uh, food and backpacks and supplies to them. And, and I preached on the new creation that one translation says, if any man be in Christ, let him be a new creation. How many know there are things out there that don't want you to walk in that truth of the new creation? Things that are pulling you back, drawing you back to not for you to walk wholly into what God has called you to. Can you say amen? So first we're... That word means freshness, and it's used twice in that verse. So in that verse in our text, 2 Corinthians 5 is that first word, freshness. That is strictly consistent, one commentator says, with the truth as to the real nature of the new creation. That first Greek word, kainos, means fresh in development or opportunity, made fresh. Now, first of all, we're dealing with the vessel, the vessel, and vessels of the new creation. How many know that we're not something which we didn't exist before? I mean, you're here. You have a vessel. Here's the thing. We're all born into sin. Isn't that right? Is that what the scriptures teach? But the vessel, watch this, of the new creation is our old spirit man or woman brought back into life. Now, follow with me. It's your old spirit brought back into life. In other words, our human spirits fell out of fellowship with God way back in the beginning in the garden. That's where it starts. We believe. That's what the scriptures teach in Genesis chapter 1. We fell out of fellowship. Adam and Eve, and what happened is their disobedience, and namely really Adam's advocating his spiritual authority, brought spiritual death into all humanity. So that cute little baby that you be coddling that's so beautiful, and you change your diapers now and then, has a sin nature. You don't have to train it. How many know when they get old enough, the first word of their mouth is what? No. I mean, if they had a godlike nature, that's not what's going to be coming out. It would be hallelujah. It would be something, what a cute baby, you know. It's, it, it's, 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 it's from the beginning, all right? It's in our spirits. It's spiritual death, all of humanity. Everyone is born spiritually dead, not just Americans. 
Sri Lankans, Japanese, you know, African. Every single person is born to that. How many see the importance of the mandate of the gospel, the good news, amen? And so what happened is we're born spiritually dead. Our human spirit reversed. I taught on this years ago about the spirit ascendancy. At the time in the garden, Adam and Eve's spirit had ascendancy over their human flesh. Some of you are thinking, what is he talking about here? Adam walked and dictated to his flesh how it would operate. You know, he still had a free will, did he not? But his spirit man had ascendancy. The moment after the fall, it switched. Some of you can relate to that right now. My flesh had the flesh took ascendancy over the spirit. And there's this constant struggle with, I want to serve God, but I, I'm really trying hard, but I keep getting dragged back to the pig pen. Come on, some, someone say amen. You with me? <clears throat> and so, so that it was switched. The new creation activity, watch this, is to bring back the human spirit from spiritual death into life. It is the same spirit that raised in union with Christ Jesus. I'm going to say amen. Becoming a vessel of the new creation, it's that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that comes in. So here's the thing. That's the first word of our vessel. When Christ saves us, he has to do something to us first. Let me see that. Still awake. I'm almost done. <clears throat> Wake up your neighbor if they're falling asleep. But that's only half the process. Here's the good news. Something which was never in that spirit before is deposited into it. A life which is not fresh, new, kind of washed clean because it was a little bit dirty. No. But something absolutely new which was never in the human spirit before. What is that? is now put into that vessel that has been made fresh. And that which is so completely new, says the word of God, it never was put into the old wineskin because that would burst. Now do you see what new, we're getting at here when we talk about the new creation? That vessel, the old human spirit man, has to be made fresh. And so that's why when there's this... There's really, there's a, there's a cultural mindset out here that, you know what, we're all God's children, and you know, I'm not as bad as so-and-so out here, and we compare ourselves among ourselves. No, it goes back to the core. Every single person that comes in born through a woman, and we honor women today, is carrying that seed of an unregenerate vessel. And that's in the new creation, the first thing God does in our life in a moment when we receive Christ. How many still follow me? Say amen. And so it has to be brought into a state of life in order for it to be the receptacle of this completely new life of the Spirit of God to contain it. Otherwise, it would burst. So God's new creation is twofold. It's not just one. Amen? There's two sides to the new creation. Your old human spirit is made fresh. God takes that and makes it fresh, cleans it up. I heard one evangelist one time say, he said, you know what? I felt after I was a heroin addict and drug addict and on the East Coast, and, and, and now he's a traveling minister, and he said, I felt like God just went inside me with a pressure washer and just cleaned everything out. Isn't that right? I like pressure washers. Amen? Just, yeah, take away that grime. That's one side of the new creation. 
but something has to be done in the vessel as well as something having to be put in that vessel. The second part is God's spirit totally knew. He takes his divine nature. I want you to get this now. The creator of the heavens and the earth, God Almighty, just doesn't wash you and clean you up, change, you know, give you a clean filter. He puts part of himself and his nature in you. Amen. Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, giving you the hope of glory. This is the secret. Jesus lives in you, one translation says that. Oh, I don't feel God. I don't know. I'm going to make it through this. You know, God, where are you? I'm right there. I'm right there. Come on now. I don't sense him. I don't feel him. If you steal your soul, you get into worship and you get, you know, let me just hand me that Bible there, love. I should have brought my Bible up, but I'm making you nervous stepping down here. But I've been preaching here. We started in our living room since 1999, coming up on 20 years here, 2019, this October. be 20 years as a church. And I would not be where I'm at today, not that I'm over, you know, uh, exemplifying where I'm at today, but if I didn't daily read or get into this word. If you have been attending this church, whether from the beginning, the last five years, the last two years or six months, and you're growing in your understanding of God, that is wonderful. But if you've been here a long time and you've heard the word of God and you don't have a consistent daily growth and feeding yourself in the word of God, my brothers and sisters, something is wrong. Because this transforms your life. Guaranteed, if you just read it, and even, oh, you miss a day. Don't beat yourself up. Just go hit it the next day. Amen? Come on now. It's not legalism. But this is the key for your life to come. As you, if you wonder, who am I? I've been saved for all these years. I don't understand because you don't know what the manual says. And there's life in the manual. It's something supernatural. And I, I'm going through the minor prophets. And some of them, I'm thinking, man, God was ticked off with Israel. I mean, whew. I just wouldn't. Everything is, you've abandoned me. You left me. You've turned, and I'm going to, you know, God just castigating Israel. I'm like, I want to hear some good news, you know. But I'm still being fed. Come on now. Because either it's God's word, whoops, or it's not. Amen? It's his word. Can you say amen? Amen. So almost done here. Two sides of that new creation. It's Christ in you. <clears throat> You're not just forgiven and made fresh, but as a new creation, watch this, God lives in your spirit, man or woman. You need to take that in and absorb that. You know, some of you wondered, why is he getting this old laptop up here, this old Dell, and I kind of use it as an illustration. Now, please forgive me, and I just pray for mercy from all you IT people in here, because I know I'm not going to get this exactly right, but it's my illustration, amen? So, so this is my old 2008 or nine, you know, computer that I still use. It's maxed out, capped out for, you know, RAM, all that. And I just got a, a notice because I'm on Windows 7. How many remember that? Okay. It's hard for me to change. I'm just sorry. <laughs> I do like change and like growth, but I just, in things that work for me, I, anyhow. <clears throat> and so it said, uh, we're sorry. As of January 2020, there are no more 
updates for Windows 7. Now, I know update, we could go to Windows 10 and you could, you know, whatever, for the sake of the illustration. And I said, okay, so what do I need to do next with this computer? And basically they said, you need a new computer. <laughs> and I began to think about that and I was thinking about the new creation and I began to think about, I, uh, okay, basically, is finished, is what they're saying. Now, I, IT guys, you can resurrect anything. I know that. Um, uh, you probably communicate with somebody on Mars or something with that. But the, the truth of the matter is, is to me, it's just, it's just not worth it. It's just done. How many, how many see that, okay? And so I was like, well, okay, well, that's encouraging. You know, got to go buy another, you know, laptop or whatever. And, and, and I just thought about it. I said, you know what? It gave me this picture, watch this, of mankind after the fall in the garden. Adam and Eve and the human spirits, their vessels, watch this, became corrupt, dry, hard, all right? Their human processor was tapped out at that time, overloaded. No updates from heaven since the Garden of Eden. That's the state of mankind without Christ. How may see that, right? Yeah. Spiritually speaking, it's the state of mankind after the fall. He has a vessel, but it's corrupted. It's just there's been no downloads. It's it's been damaged. It's it's just yeah, you can turn it on, but it's not gonna operate. And if I continue to use that after January, no updates, there's a lot of bad things that could happen to that. Now let's enter the new creation. <laughs> kind of, maybe. <laughs> the Apple iPad Air comes with a totally new operating system and processor and it's a, a, a vessel that can contain some wonderful things, can handle every update needed, a process so much faster, there's more hard drive space within 128 gigs, plus there's virtual access to the iCloud space that has limitless storage that you don't have to pay for because Jesus paid for it, amen? So if you feel that you've been damaged, now watch this. Beyond repair, God says, no, you're not. You're my new creation. Come on now. I have your DNA with me. It's stored in my heavenly processor iCloud account. I know everything about you. Nobody can hack into that DNA. Amen? How many with me say amen? Nobody can steal or thwart your divine purpose in me, God is saying, as a new creation. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you may feel that you've been damaged beyond repair. But God alone says, I have the, uh, the, alone have the ability to restore your vessel. Only I do. Amen? Stand with me if you would, please. What am I trying to say? God can take a broke down, outdated, useless life and make it new. That's what we're talking about, a new creation. He doesn't just do something fresh in you. He takes part of his spirit, God Almighty. See, the children of Israel, when there was the tabernacle in the wilderness and they set up the tent and they tore it down, there was still the Holy of Holies that Moses would go into and the high priest would go into after him and, and that Levitical priesthood continued on until the crucifixion. The moment the crucifixion happened, on that third hour, Jesus gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. The Bible says there was an earthquake. And it says the graves open up. People that were dead came out of the graves because the king had died of the universe, the creator. And the 
curtain in the temple, which would some say was over a foot thick, this massive curtain that separated the Holy of Holies to where the outside of the people lived split in half. And then there was an earthquake. What does that say? God is saying, I want to come. I don't want to stay behind a curtain. I want to be right where you're at. I want to be inside you. That's a new creation. Worship team, you can come forward. God is saying to us today, when you receive him as Lord and Savior in your life, God is saying, I will make your spirit man or your spirit woman fresh and new, just like it was before the fall. But not only that, I've placed something totally new in your vessel. My spirit, my DNA, my Zoe life, my presence, my new wine in your life. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. Thank you, God, for the new creation. God says, I've reversed your flesh ascendancy over your spirit to my spirit in you, having the ascendancy over your flesh. You're a new creation. For here on out, you're not a victim. God is saying, you've got my DNA. I've got your DNA. You're a new creation. Amen. I think of, as we conclude here, this verse here in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, what is the whole purpose then of this new creation? Just quickly take a look up at this on the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And that's where we stop. But you got to understand the why of it. Here's the why of it. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Watch this. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Not only did I clean your vessel, but I put part of my new wine, my spirit in your vessel. Now I've given you a job. He has given us the ministry of recon reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Now, here's the thing. You and I, the moment you're born again, have been given the ministry of reconciliation. You don't have to do five years of Bible school. You don't have to go through 10 years of counseling. I'm saying that that's wrong. Amen? You're a new creation, and you have that ministry now. <laughs> Some of you need to see that. Well, when I get my act together and I get spiritual enough, or when I get all these things worked out, I, I got all these other, you're a new creation now. You're, you have the ministry of reconciliation now. Well, I messed up my past, Pastor, if you've known, and it's embarrassing. I royally screwed up. And you're a believer, it's Christ within you, you're a new creation. You have the ministry of reconciliation now. Now. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, you are therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let's pray. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I've fallen away. I'm just kind of like uh, the phantom. I grew up and was involved and I just, just the world and life and college, whatever it may be, it's just kind of pulled, pulled, pulled things away. And any similitude of that new creation is 
been stifled. Listen, if you've authentically had a relationship with Christ, he's never left you. God has never left you. And he's still given you that ministry of reconciliation. And that's a huge purpose right there in life. But many of you, you need to return to the Lord. Those maybe watching by television, you're far from God. Today is a great day for you to return to the Lord. So how do I do that? The first is a step of faith. You receive Christ in your life. And when you do that, he's going to come in and do what? He's going to wash and freshen that vessel. And then he's going to put part of his spirit, his divine nature in you. That's what it means to be born again. Is say, pastor, pray for me. That I, I, don't, I have not experienced that. And I need that. And I want that. That's you. Let's pray together corporately. Those of you watching by television, let's pray. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Take it. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wash my vessel. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.